0: Uh, We had a wonderful dinner last night with your rector, Joseph, and his more wonderful wife, (laughs) Abby, had a great conversation. That was better than the excellent meal. But I must tell you, it left me with more than a bit of anxiety when he was kind of filling me in on his background, which I didn't know, that before he came here, he was a professor at Ohio Christian University. And that wasn't so disconcerting. But the fact that he taught homiletics was. I didn't know I had that kind of a judge sitting behind me. So I will expect a full critique after the the service. Those who can't do, those who can't teach. (laughs) That's not, that's not true. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not only the chaplain of Hillsdale College, I'm also, uh, what do they call it, a lecturer in religion. And I've had an opportunity to teach a couple of classes, one on leadership uh, for the business department, believe it or not, and then also for the religion department, the Christian faith and Anglican perspective. And we went there, we're in our sixth year, can't believe that, sixth year at Hillsdale College, Melinda and I having spent 18 years in the Diocese of Springfield, Illinois. Um, Okay, enough of that. I want to say a bit about being consecrated because we consecrated vergers Uh, Literally, it means to be set apart in order to include. Uh, We set apart Sunday uh, to include uh, every other day of our life. Because we come to church does not mean our obligation is over and that we then can go about our business and do whatever we please. No. Uh, Sunday consecrates the rest of the week, it blesses the rest of the week. Sunday worship is the beginning of the rest of the week, the beginning of the first day of the rest of our lives. And it's important to keep that in mind because in our human nature, we are very self-centered. And we look for all kinds of rationalizations, consciously and unconsciously, to justify ourselves. And so, oh, yeah, yeah, we're okay. We... We, we, we've got, you know, God in our sights and we're in his sight. Now we can go out in the world and be worldly. No, 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 no. We're, we're, we're to be elements set aside in our baptism, our confirmation, and in our worship to assist other people to be consecrated, also to be set aside. I think that's an important understanding for every Christian. It's important to say we had the summary of the law, didn't we? Love God with your whole self and your neighbor as yourself. Anybody here do that completely? Oh, I see my hand's the only one up. (laughs) No, we don't. You see, the purpose of the law is to convict us. The purpose of the law is to tell us that we really need Jesus Christ in our life to forgive us our shortcomings when we fall short of the standard God sets for all his people. We need God in our life then to give us his grace so that we can become what we were created to be. You see, Jesus is the bridge between that, what God created us to be, and what we are. And as a result of that bridge, we become better. Let's... Since we are affirming our baptismal vows this morning in confirmation, let's look quickly at the nature of baptism. It's been said, I think rightly so, that if you're born once, you die twice. Born just physically, you die physically, and you die spiritually. Born twice, you die once. Born physically, born spiritually in baptism, that born-again stuff, then you only die physically. Physically. That's an important understanding. But the nature of what is the nature of baptism? Well, it's a mystery, so we really don't know fully. We will at the last day, I'm sure, but not now. But we can describe it. And I'm inclined to think that baptism is simply a statement of reality. You are a child of God, you don't become a child of God. In baptism, it's an affirmation of the reality that we all are children of God. And we're members of Christ, if we know it or not. It doesn't change reality. Our biggest job on this earth is simply to discern the truth. I heard a person in very high authority in the Episcopal Church once say, the truth is what you think it is. That's one of the great lies of Satan. Truth is what it is, and we're challenged to discern it. And that's why we need to be in touch, in touch with each other, in touch with the teachings of Scripture, in touch with the saints and the early fathers of the church, in touch with each other, so that we are better able to discern the truth. So we are children of God members of Christ, and inheritors of the kingdom of heaven. We're inheritors. We all are, baptized or not, I'm inclined to think. It might sound like heresy, but I'm inclined to think it. All we do in baptism is say what truth is, what reality is. Because you see, we can be inheritors, and we never show up at the reading of the will. So we're not, we're not benefited by it. One of my great fears is that I'm going to get to the judgment seat and God is going to say to me, Peter, what do you want? You or me? And because the pattern in my life too often is such that I will say, no, I want me. No, 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 that's not what I mean. No, I, 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 want, I want me. Because that's what my life has always been about. I've, I've not patterned my life to be of God too much of the time. That doesn't mean that baptism isn't important. No, it is important. Why? Because it writes on my heart and in my mind that indeed I am a child of God. I am a member of Christ, and I am an inheritor of the kingdom of God. It's important for the church and for the world because they see that declaration of what truth is. And so it's to our good advantage to do the outward and visible sign of that inward and spiritual grace, that dying to self and being resurrected to new life in Christ being immersed in the waters of baptism. Anybody in here receive baptism by immersion? All right, you guys did it right. I had a person say to me, you know, if you just had water poured over you or sprinkled, as they said, um, it doesn't count. I said, really? No, you have to be immersed. Well, I would admit that that's a better symbolism of what the nature of baptism is, but however... I said to him, well, what happens if the toe doesn't go under? (laughs) Well, no, that's okay. Well, how about about the foot? How about both feet? How about the legs? And somewhere in the lower torso, if that didn't get under, then it wasn't valid in their mind. (laughs) It's the same kind of thing. How many people were baptized? Remember their baptism. Okay? That's good, too. Because you remember a time when you weren't Christian. I don't. My parents had me baptized at a very early age. But you know what? I've had people say, well, that doesn't count if you don't know. Well, you know, I don't remember being born. (laughs) Probably a good thing. But, here I is. You see, let's not get in an argument over the minor things. Reality is this. My folks thought it was important to take me to church, have me baptized, to declare what reality is. And at the age of 11 or 12, I was confirmed taking on those promises myself. And that's another issue, isn't it? Well, I was baptized as an adult. How old were you? 11. Oh, really? Hmm. Adult. And so, when did you get married? Well, 21. Why didn't you get married at 11 if you were an adult? (coughs) Uh, did you get driver's license 11? No. Why not? Well, I wasn't old enough. Well, you know, when are you an adult? Well, I'm an adult. I'm an adult now. <clears throat> but I might be very immature, but i got to tell you, I was a whole lot more immature 10 years ago. And, God willing, I live another 10 years. I'm going to be more mature then. Why? Because of experience. That's the way it works. So let's not get worried about the minor things. They can be major, but generally that's not the important thing. The important thing is, where are you now? Where is your soul now? Is it with God? Is it dedicated to God? And when we go astray and we get off in the pig pens eating the garbage of the pigs, we say, hey, I don't have to do this. I'm going home. I'm going home. Is that where we are? If that's where we are, that's really, I think, all that counts. And so the confirmans, isn't this interesting? I've never seen this before and I like it. They have stoles on. You know what the stole represents? It's the yoke of Christ. And we all have it. If we're wearing the red symbolic stole or not, we all, we all have the yoke of Christ on our shoulders because of our baptism, because of our commitment. Isn't that wonderful? The last thing I want to say is this, because I think I've gone over my time. Um, The last thing I want to say is this. I only get here once a year, but I don't want to, you know, say everything. Uh, I'll save something for next year Um, if I come back next year. Um, In our epistle, there's something that's really important. St. Paul says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. You ought to think highly. Jesus Christ died for you. How much more important can anybody be? We are really important. Don't think more highly of yourself than you. Think highly, but not more highly. Why not? What do you mean? You're not God. God died for you, but you're not God. God values you, even above his own life but you're not God. And you see, that's my problem because at any given time, I act like I think I am God. I'm glad there's not a dash cam in my car when somebody cuts me off (laughs) or somebody um, goes 45 miles an hour in a 55 mile an hour zone when I'm late. I understand your rector's got kind of a heavy foot also. Uh, We had confession last night at dinner, too. Uh, Think highly of yourself, but not more highly. What a wonderful thing. I met a lieutenant colonel years and years ago who said, I'm just a below-average guy trying to do an above-average job. That's That's a pretty good mantra for all of us. Below average in so many ways but always trying to to do our best. And in God's strength, it always is. May God continue to bless each of you in this wonderful Christian redemptive fellowship. And may he lead you the rest of your lives, even to the gates of heaven. Now unto God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, be ascribed as is most justly due. All might, power, majesty, dominion, and glory, now and forever. Amen.